0: Welcome back to another episode of Believe in K-Pop. This is your host, Anthea Isik. And today, I have a special guest. And a guest you would have been least expecting. So, I am super happy to invite Norman for our show. Welcome.
1: Hi, yes. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, well, Norman is kind of a jack-of-all-trades, that is what I would like to call him because he has been um, doing from production to marketing and one of his major internship was being a marketing intern for subculture entertainment which is kind of very popular among fans especially in US because they have brought us some of the best concerts to US. And he has been a media editor, a production assistant and whatnot. Recently, he's also working for a movie trailer making agency. So that kind of explains how much of versatile talents you have. So it is such an honor to have you.
1: Wow. (laughs) Thank you for all the compliments.
0: (laughs) It is true. (laughs) So how was your day? How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Um,
1: so today, not going to lie, was I was the most productive as I've ever been. Um, I finally got to step out of, took the courage to step out of my house and kind of breathe the fresh air for once after being <laughs> like stuck at home for so long. I mean, with like work from home and everything, it's, it's real. It could, you could get really comfortable, you know, uh, if you could, from, you know, so I, I just, out of the whim, I just decided like, hey, the weather looked really nice outside, so why not? And so, best choice I've ever made today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we are grateful. So, the mood was just set, and now we are all pumped up for our episode, so. Thank you for joining again. And um, of course, this is a K-pop podcast. So we are definitely going to start with how you got introduced to K-pop and uh, the whole journey. We would love to know about that.
1: All right. Well, this is going to be a very interesting story. (laughs) Okay. So hang on tight. (laughs) Um, Well, so I was born in Merced, California. And it's kind of like this very small town in the middle um, um, in the middle of California, where it was pretty predominantly white, and so I didn't have much exposure to Asian culture. And mm-hmm. as a Chinese American myself, it was kind of hard to kind of grow up and figuring out my identity. So based on like where i was living my parents worked really hard to kind of still contribute and bring in the traditions and culture that we have back in china into my childhood and so um and so for around eight years i was like living in merced and i was adjusting to to whatever was going on so there was a lot of county fairs, um, eating a lot of hot dogs, McDonald's, um, whatever, the typical American stuff, essentially. And so um, it wasn't until when I turned seven or eight, my parents decided to do this epic decision to move to Los Angeles. And when I moved to Los Angeles, that was a huge culture shock because of how how many diverse cultures and people I met there. And so I ended up living in a somewhat predominantly Asian community um, when I was in middle school. And right then and there, all my friends just came up to me and said, Hey, there's this new kid over here. Let's go see if he knows anime, K-pop. Does he watch (laughs) K-dramas? All these terms that was just thrown left and right, I was like, what? (laughs) I had no idea what they were talking about. I had no exposure to any of these things. Um, at At most, the most diverse thing that I probably knew was... Um, watching TVB, which is like these Hong Kong dramas that my parents would watch every day at home. But I had, I did not know what K-dramas were, anime, K-pop for that matter. And so it was right there and then I, the door opened (laughs) and I have not left since that day. It's yeah, awesome. and so um and so my first exposure to K-pop was actually I think actually the first K-pop music video was probably Girls' Generation Run Devil Run. Oh, nice start. And that, that was start. that was a really good music video, but it wasn't the music video that kind of brought me in into K-pop. Um I'd say so that was like my first introduction to it. And then my second introduction to K-pop was 21's Fire. And that was the one that made a huge impact on my life. Like, I don't know if you anyone remembers 21 Fire, but how they started was that they were like, they kind of pulled up with a Rolls Royce. And already there, I was like, this is not a typical K-pop music video that I've ever seen before. Um, well, like when I was in middle school with my friends, like kind of like throwing everything out there, they showed me all kinds of J-pop video, all kinds of old K-pop videos. Um, and they were very different to the typical American music videos that we have over here, you know? Especially in the 2000s, a lot of them very very um there were a lot of indie bands there were a lot of rock bands that we were listening to over here at the time so a lot of the famous ones were like um red hot chili peppers black eyed peas um lady gaga was like kind of like starting up and so their concepts were very very similar you know a lot of them were party heavy like there was a lot of clubbing or there was always like a house party or it was like it was always like oh girls night out and they go somewhere fun you know so seeing to anyone with this particular concept where they come in with like a cool ass Rolls Royce and them stepping out with all like them bedazzled outfits that I've never seen before so futuristic it was like wait, but then they're also, like, in an alley. And then all of a sudden they transition to, like, these, like, super futuristic motorcycle shots, B-rolls. It was just, like, this is not the K-pop that I was expecting. And so that just really stuck on my head. And I was, like, maybe I think I should explore more of other K-pop music videos. And so from that video kind of spiraled downhill into... A lot of SM groups, and the one group that will forever have a soft spot in my heart was Super Junior, and in particular, it was Super Junior's music video, Bonamana.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, <laughs> and, I love Bonamana!
1: Yeah, and my gosh, it was. It was a time to be alive. <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> gonna lie. Yeah, and so like Super Junior with sorry sorry, Bonamana, and Shiny Lucifer. That <laughs> just it made me stay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Bonamana just turned eleven this year.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Last year was their 10th year and I wrote something about it. And today, uh, like, not today, this year, few weeks ago, it turned 11. Wow.
1: Well, it didn't seem that long ago, honestly. But I, if if any of you guys have not seen that music video, you have to check it out. (laughs) That is a classic.
0: (laughs) Well, I agree on that. So now is kind of a tricky question to pull your legs. What are your favorite groups?
1: Oh, okay. I could go on forever for this because, you know, I've been in the K-pop. I've been listening to K-pop for a really long time.
0: Yeah.
1: But just to make it easier, I'll just say like kind of like the groups that I keep on going back to. Mm-hmm. Um, so If anyone doesn't know, I am a huge army, (laughs) so obviously, I love, love, love BTS, as you can
0: tell from my backdrop. You know,
1: like, Um,
0: everybody can tell, even from your profile, so there's no secret (laughs) at all.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm a huge BTS fan, and if anyone wants to hit me up to talk about their latest music video, go for (laughs) it. I... I will tell you how much I adore. I adore them. They're huge inspirations. Their their messaging is so great. Uh, So I love BTS, but obviously I'm a huge multi-fan. So it's not just BTS. Um, I I love Blackpink. Who doesn't love Blackpink, honestly? Um, They're strong females. And they're just dominating the K-pop industry with hit after hit. They're always they're they're making new music all the time. I love I love Day Six. As when Day Six debuted, I was immediately hooked. Their song "Congratulation" was just so different, and it was. I think they came out at the right time at the right moment because with their, and it was, it's just a nice breath of fresh air to have someone like Day Six and The Rose reintroducing new concepts, a new type of style of music into the K-pop realm. Well, I wouldn't say they're not specifically K-pop, but I understand that a lot of, you know, Audiences who listen to K-pop will go into other type, different genres of Korean music, such as like people like IU and a lot of ballads. So, but DAY6 is very, very good. <laughs> I love a lot of soloists too. I love Changha, Sunmi. Mm-hmm. I could go on,
0: <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> though. <laughs> well, that was really good. Like DAY6, I, You know, like when you were talking about how they were different from K-pop bands, I remember Young K's uh, interview with Eric where he was telling, like, he was practicing some flying and all those martial arts. And the next day when he finally mastered a particular uh, martial art and when he went to his entertainment, they just said, oh, we have an announcement for you. You're going to be in a boy band. And he was like, okay, well, I just... Learned to how to, you know, like flip and now it's never gonna (laughs) be used. So, very nice. (laughs) I really felt bad for him, but of course, we need Young K in day six. So, hey, we can't have
1: day six without Young K. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes, probably. I think, um, I won't be in trouble if I say this. Um, I might say that Young K is my bias in (gasps) daisies no way (laughs) (laughs) Young K and Jay like Jay if he gets to listen this he's gonna be really sad because Jay was the first person who got my eyes doing congratulations but later it became Young K and I'm in trouble right now Um, it's okay, it's okay. You can have Young
1: K, and I'll take Jay. <laughs> oh my
0: god! No! Okay, this is this is sad. I shouldn't have said this. <laughs>
1: Jay, you'll be my bias.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. So you have been in k for a very long, long time, and that's really amazing and how you keep up with the current artists is also amazing. So here I wanted to talk about the K-pop cover groups. Were you part of the cover groups or were you working with the groups that cover?
1: Yes. Um, so I helped, I was a media editor for a, mm-hmm. a, for a college co- a K-pop cover group. Um, mm-hmm. They were, they're called, UCSD's chaotics, K-O-T-X, uh, mm-hmm. that's how you spell it. But mm-hmm. a lot of people have a hard time, to- they couldn't figure out like how you're supposed to pronounce it and it's actually chaotics, because you know, they're chaotic. Um, but yeah, and so um, I. it wasn't until I was a junior in college where I was introduced to this K-pop group and the, the reason being how I got into it was that um, I was at this school, and at the time, I really wanted to do something new. You know, uh, I really wanted to kind of get out of my comfort zone and join a dance team. <laughs> and I've never had experience, prior experience to dance, and not gonna lie, probably still don't, <laughs> I'm not good at it, but it was. Um, but the the community there, they were really they were really friendly. They they just came in, opened with big arms, let me in, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna no worries. If you don't know how to dance? We'll teach you." So from that's how I kind of started getting into the K-pop dance cover realm, and I got to learn a couple of pieces that they did. Um, and I knew that at the time they really wanted to start doing dance covers on YouTube. And I was like, Hey, I am really into media production and I really wanted to exercise my skills in videography and editing. Why don't I just help out and contribute to that sort of aspect? And that's how I kind of, it kind of all started.
0: Yeah. Um, so what were the covers that you got to produce? Can you let the listeners know so that they can just go check it out?
1: Yeah. And um, some of the dance covers that I helped produce was uh, the first one was my, was Red Velvet Peekaboo. And honestly, uh, Peekaboo, so good especially the choreography. Um, mm-hmm. Another one that kind of helped produce was Momo Lamb's Boom Boom. <laughs> and, and I also, um, uh, JBJ's My Flower, which is, if, if no one has, if anyone hasn't heard that song, go check it out. It's, it's so heartwarming. The music video from JBJ, it's just pop of color everywhere. It's aesthetically, uh, visually pleasing.
0: Okay. So I hope the listeners go check them out. So while we were talking, this just came into my mind. Like you got introduced to K pop around 10, 10, 11, 12. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, like when I got introduced to K pop, I was around um, 17. So it was like, Totally, I was old. And still, then I still was, you know, like motivated to go and be a trainer and be, you know, like trainee and be part of a K pop group. Were there any time when you thought maybe I should join a K pop group?
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, when I was in high school, I was totally onto the K pop hype. You know, I was already listening to Big Bang. Um, shiny, uh TVXQ, oh, I was just like in the back of my head. I was just like, oh man, if only I could dream to be in a K-pop group, that would be so cool. But then the harsh reality didn't take too long to kick in when I realized that you have to start at a very young age to be a trainee. And my gosh, the training that they go, go into, to you, to perfecting your dance moves, your, your singing. First of all, I am a horrible dancer and I'm a horrible singer. There is no way it's possible. So already it, it just, Stuck in my head for a mom- moment and then just went in <laughs> immediately. It didn't take that long to- for me to realize that, that dream is impossible.
0: <laughs> well, um, I think it would have been perfect. You know, like, maybe... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Unfortunately, we couldn't have Norman in a K-pop <laughs> band or group. But he did have some experience working things related to K-pop, and that is with subculture. You were being a marketing intern, going to concerts, helping the team with concerts. So being a K-pop fan for that long, you Now, like even now when I think that I'm actually doing something to K-pop really makes me so happy. So I'm sure that you would have been living at least like half of your dreams with your internship so how did you enjoy the process how it all happened and just share your experience with us
1: yeah um and so it kind of all ties in together not gonna lie and so as i mentioned previously i when i was in college i kind of did all this stuff that was somewhat k-pop related um and it kind of went from there um and so what happened was that after I did those K-pop dance cover videos, my professor who um, who, who was part of the, the communications department, and she was uh, also teaching in the Korean studies department, she took notice on some of the music videos that I produced when I was, um, or some of the music videos I was making when I was a student in college. And from then it was, she decided to pick me up and hire me to kind of work on one of her documentaries. And so I was very fortunate enough to, to be even more exposed to the K-pop industry um, within her, um, through her connections. And it was just from that experience alone too, that kind of belt, built it up into my interview with Subculture Entertainment. And not gonna lie, when I found out that I got the interview, I was really shocked. I had, I was already a huge fan with subculture entertainment and all the concerts that they produce. So that alone, I was just very honored to even, to be even considered to go through the interview process. and. Lo and behold, I did end up getting the internship, and it was—it was. I learned a lot that you could possibly learn in the K-pop industry, and let me tell you, it, it, it. There's a lot of work that goes into creating these K-pop concerts that people may not know, and and actually, a lot of these projects that um are in behind the scenes have probably been in planning for like months or even years in the making so yeah so like everything is just like it's all delicately planned out like to the bone like like everything is planned out specifically yeah
0: so how was it you know like did you get to meet anybody or just enjoy concerts Something well, more.
1: unfortunately, well, you, I didn't get to meet any K-pop idols. That just alone working in the and K- in in, in con- um doing the and pr- concert production itself is already a huge honor. But there's just. Um, that uh, being an intern alone you have so many things you have to do to make sure that the concerts are running smoothly there's barely any time for you even to even like say hi you know yeah (laughs) so yeah it's just it's just that there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes you know you just have to make sure it was like like oh my gosh i have to do that one thing and i have to make sure that this thing gets (laughs) done correctly there's there's so many people behind the scenes that's just like running to make sure that the K pop experience is the best that we can give for fans.
0: That's really cool. So, recently, Monster X has released their concert um, schedule for next year, 2022. So, I think with 2022, <sighs> things get back to normal and things start working on again. So, Norman, when you were talking about concert experiences, I wanted to ask this particular question. Like you are a person who have been attending concerts regularly. That's what I got to know from your uh, profile. <laughs> so you have experienced it in person and your latest concert was a virtual one with iZone. It was there like the goodbye concert, the last yes. one. So what was the difference? Uh, I know the experience is definitely Mm -hmm. less, but I still feel that online concerts have, you know, like opened up for many people to, for global people to also be part of the concert experience. But what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, especially with the pandemic going on, I know a lot of artists really miss that aspect of seeing their fans face to face in a venue and yeah, obviously the energy, the experience is very different from watching it virtually. But what I really appreciate is that these artists, these idols, they still want to connect with their fans and kind of let them know that, that they're still working hard to create all these beautiful music, these feelings that they want to, to kind of express. And so these virtual concerts kind of allow fans to still stay connected with the artists that they support and they love. And and well, for the Eyes One virtual concert in particular, it really, without this concert, it probably would have been so devastating for for wise one fans um, to to know that they'll never get another chance to see them again, especially since they disbanded not that long ago. And so it's really these virtual concerts that really allowed fans from around the world to still keep in touch with how they're going on and and also to still enjoy the music that came out during these two years you know because I know that once everything comes back goes back to normal and everything the, and all the tours going on um, these idols they're going to keep on making music you know but the songs that they may have made in the past two years it might not be featured in the concerts that we will have in uh, in the future you know
0: Oh my God, that just strikes my mind and I feel sad. Wow, that is true. But maybe, maybe they ask fans to tell them and we tell them you dance with this song or something. I don't know. (laughs) You know, like I was a fan of X1 and they had five years and I promised myself, oh my God, in this five years, I'm definitely going to be very huge journalist and I'm going to meet them, I want to meet them, X1. And in two months, they just disbanded, so wow. When I think about these kind of project groups, no matter whoever I talk about, the one thing that really hits me hard is X1. And oh, it's it's still so hard. It was such a very good group. And um, not to forget that the members are also... You know, like they didn't even get time to, you know, like have that rapport as a group. They were just mm-hmm, trying to mm-hmm. mingle and all that. They were doing their job kind of, you know, like getting into this group kind of structure. And one day it's like nothing. Wow. These project groups are here to make us feel weak, our hearts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. It's always, uh, it's so devastating to see them leave this and go back to their to to their agencies you know mm. but the thing is we have to appreciate the time and the moment that they spent with us and it, even if it's brief they really worked really hard to 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 give everything they can give to their fans
0: wow that's well said yes so, thank you. So we spoke about a lot of K-pop, so I did mention before our call that I have zero idea about anime. Don't come at me, people. Like, I have watched few cartoons when I was so small. We had this channel, Animax, uh, where they had cartoons. Well, I was kind of too young so that, you know, like English was a foreign language, so I couldn't even understand what they were talking at at a point and um, then i just switch the channel i'm sorry if that's offending anybody <laughs> but you know like a lot of people love anime and here's a secret people norman cosplays <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh... well
1: yeah so- i i do <laughs> occasionally i do cosplay it's, it's I, a little bit I haven't cosplayed in a while, you know, pandemic. But
0: <laughs> I literally saw a pic of yourself, and then, like you just dyed your hair, and you literally looked like that same anime cartoon. I don't know who that character is or what, but that was cool. So, yes, you may speak about anime and your experience <laughs> cosplaying and anything that is possible.
1: I am gladly to introduce you to the world of anime. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, and well, um I kind of got introduced to anime also with the same circle of people <laughs> as you can as you know. Um but well, even as a kid, we did have some animes that would show up on TV like mm. everyone knows Pokemon, um mm. Card Captor Sakura. You, technically, it is. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I love. So Pokemon. maybe you you know that. Yeah, you watch anime. <laughs> so all these Bakugan, Beyblade, all these are anime as well. Technically, if um, you are the sure. cottons
1: so I think anime, in particular, it has to be animated from a Japanese co- uh, com- animation company. I don't know; if uh, Beyblade might be an American television show, or if, if it was um, dubbed in English. But you might have to get back to me on that. Um, <laughs> but but when I was a kid, I watched I watched like shows like Pokemon. There um there was Cardcaptor Sakura, um, Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, Yu Gi Oh. Um, But I wasn't really immersed into the world of anime at the time yet and probably I was too young to do so. And so it wasn't until like um, I see around my senior year of high school that anime that was really huge was Attack on Titan. And yeah, and for some people who don't know what Attack on Titan was um, or is um, it's this kind of it's a show that's set in a totally different universe different world where these characters they live in these walls um that surrounds them and so the inner walls are the people who are nobles um the royalty and as you go outer into like these two other walls the commoners live outside and so they're threatened by these um these beings called titans that eats people. And so um, first episode right off the bat, I don't know if it's spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, one of the Titans actually break down the wall and kind of come in and terrorizes the civilians and like kills a lot of people. Um, not definitely not a show for kids, but that show alone, when I was watching it in high school, I was like, whoa, there's an anime that was (laughs) this graphic and so dark and mature. And I was like, you know, like everyone kind of has like this stereotype of envisioning that Japanese anime is always like bubble gum and poppy with a lot of pastel colors, you know, and it's very magical, like Magical Girls was like a huge trope in the anime world, you know? So this introduction of like this type of anime where it has a heavy storyline where it centers around, um, <laughs> it's very depressing, not gonna lie, um, um, it really intrigued me to know that, that there are these type of different types of animes um, that introduces these heavy plot lines. And so from there on, I was like, wow, if there's an anime such as this, there's probably more like others. And so that's how I got into the world of anime. And I spiraling down, you know, <laughs> left and right, I was watching, uh, I started watching Full Metal Alchemist and started all Online, and and then I just I I'm stuck in it. Now.
0: <laughs> and you're enjoying it. I can clearly see that in your face. You're like,
1: yes. Well, hey, anime. There's so so many good animes out there. It's like there's so many good animes out there that there's always one. There will be one. That will su- suit anybody, like for mm-hmm. any different type of people. Like, like if you love cooking shows, there are cooking show animes out there, and and there's a lot of um, virtual reality animes where like these these characters they kind of get immersed into like a video game and they kind of mm-hmm. like live life and death. And there's like a lot of dark animes, and of course, like animes like like Naruto. Um, uh, My Hero Academia, like these huge shonen animes, they kind of like keep continue the the peddling of like how cool that anime can be, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow.
0: So your introduction makes me want to see them, so you successfully persuaded me, so let's see. (laughs) I'm like I also knew that a lot of K-pop idols are also into anime, so at least I should try watching some of your favorites so that I can keep track on what is happening. Yes.
1: Okay, you know what's the one particular anime that I know for some reason that a lot of idols watch is this sports anime called Haikyuu. And, and not gonna lie, it's not, there's not, like a lot of intense plot that happens in this particular show. Um, It centers around like this group of high schoolers. They're really invested into being the best volleyball high school, best volleyball players in the high school division. And they just sacrifice all their time and energy to be the best and they're competing school after another school. And so, and it's not typical to see like them to kind of flop and, and kind of lose matches. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't expect like the main characters to lose matches, you know, but it happens in this show. And so what's great about Haikyuu is that you kind of see them start off, you know, they're not the best, but from their mistakes and trial and tribulation, they like become better and stronger. And then like they're beating these victorious high schools with these big volleyball players as well and so it's just that energy that is yeah <laughs> it's, it's a very it's a feel-good show <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: this reminded me of a cartoon that i watched it is galactic football where there are footballers so it is also kind of the same plot they just battle for different season different cups so yeah I do watch a lot of cartoon <laughs> talking about your current um, career that is being part of making trailers and I told you before like it is definitely one of my dream jobs so wow that that is really cool so you know like getting you know like being landed in such a job has your view on music videos changed like when you were young you were talking about all these, colors and visuals, but now do you see it in a different way and how does music videos now sound more different than the previous ones?
1: Yeah, um, and so in that aspect, uh, you know, when I was in high school, already I could tell that K-pop music videos alone were really different from American music videos. There's so many aspects. They, The biggest thing about K-pop music videos is that it has to be visually pleasing to the eyes. You know, like they have to dress differently, but cool, dress in different colors, choreography has to be on point, the set design is grand. And so at the time, I did notice these certain aspects of in these music videos. But having have experience working in production, and have experience in post production, you don't realize how much work that it takes to go into produce one music video, you know. Um, So everything, the creative aspect, as crazy as it may seem, it's all planned out, you know, mm. not K-pop itself in the industry, it's all planned out. Um, they know what they're doing. They know what kind of, what they want to show to kind of stimulate your brain, you know? And so, um, and it's really interesting to see kind of the evolution of K-pop music videos you know from second gen all the way to now we're, we're in our fourth gen i can't believe it but if you look back at those music videos they're so different from the ones we see right now you know um right now um not gonna lie i do feel like looking back at the second gen k-pop music videos they're somewhat dated now yeah um um in comparison to the ones that we have now, it's like now they're gr- there's like a lot of graphic he- graphics heavies. Mm-hmm. The sets are even bigger and grander, and the clothing they wear now it's 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 all sleek and chic, and and no more eyeliner.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but, like I think Super Junior just heard it and like outdated Mana MV. En- Oh, they're hurt. No, no, no. I Norman love Bonamana just... <laughs> still. <laughs> like outdated. Hey, Norman, did hey, he not... just say outdated?
1: <laughs> okay, but not going to lie, SM at the time, they were known to film in these these rectangular boxes. If everyone remembers, <laughs> like these boxes that they filmed in for, like, sorry, sorry, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Simple and um, FX's Electric Shock. <laughs> it, it was, it was not gonna lie, uh, very interesting, creative choices. <laughs> <laughs> but they definitely have branched out and explored other round like I just recently watched Espa's new music video for I believe it was next level. Next level. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Visually. It's it's like I'm watching a movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like music videos have changed so much. A lot of them are like cinematic now. It's crazy. But it's but to this day, visuals on point, aesthetics on point, concept on point, and theories. Oh, really? more and theories now. We have theories now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like if if he lifts the left hand, it means something. If it is the right <laughs> hand, it means something. And people who write reviews, including me, having a hard time. Wow, you know, like. Oh, he's I know. This. It was... does this mean something? Second gen like... was simpler days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, even readers expect you to decode things. Like, I, I love decoding theories, but at times it's just so weird. Like, I'm not God, I don't know this. I can't even decode this. And people are like, well, I was expecting you to write a little more about the theories. And I'm like, because I don't know. I don't and know.
1: There's there's so many theories that kind of just like flies by my head, especially with TXT's new music videos and, and and hyphen's new music videos. I'm just like I could never pick up these theories. I was just like, whoa, what? I can. I, I was like, I have no idea.
0: Wow. It's, People know. That I am in love with drunk and days. That <sighs> that
1: song is stuck in my head. I Never. I every day when I wake up uh, in the morning, I have to play drunk days to pump myself up. My gosh, it's the choreography. Oh, the music video. Okay. You know, okay, you know me. I'm a media editor. Uh, I'm a so so watching the music video for "Drunk days uh, uh, that particular shot where um, all of a sudden they kind of um, they blow out the cake, and and then he's just staring into your eyes, into your soul, and then all of a sudden ah. they strike into the choreography. That um, shot alone just blew my mind.
0: I that just is like, my most favorite too. Wow. He's like na 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 na, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Wow. You be there, I be here, no problem. Yeah, they got they got me hooked. Good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They were lovely, and I think whatever the the awards they gained, the records they're breaking, it's totally- they super deserve it.
1: Totally deserved it, yes. Well deserved. And I can't wait to see their new music videos. Oh, and I saw their new music video, Fever. uh, So good.
0: Guys, I thought Fever was something innocent. It shouldn't be like this. (laughs) After seeing the MV, I can't even think about innocence anymore. You know, like, you can't make that happen. But low-key, I did expect video for Mixed Up because I liked Mixed Up a little mm. more than Fever. So I was like, maybe this is going to be their second song. And they're like, no, Timune. And I'm like, oh, fine. It's my fault.
1: Uh, we could dream. We Hey, 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 don't give up too fast, OK? Maybe. Let's hope.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: We Let's hope that, that hype
0: music gods please give us a music yeah. video. <laughs> yes. So, have you ever thought of working for music videos? Oh. Oh.
1: I thought about it. <laughs> uh, but, okay, here's the thing. It's I have no idea how to get into that world (laughs) because it's funny that, okay, I do work in the entertainment industry, but there's, there's a lot of bubbles that you have to go through and I have not talked to anyone who does music videos. So I have no idea, but the idea of helping produce a music video or maybe even help edit it Oh, sounds so cool! I would love to. That's a K-pop music video, even cooler. My gosh! Um, but yeah, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Well, let's see what happens in the future. We don't know. But I, I love what I'm doing right now, m- making movie trailers. It's so. I'm really blessed to work in this industry, and uh, and I'm also a huge movie fanatic. So. Yeah, I'm just, and honestly, I just love anything that touches your soul. Music, music videos, TV shows, anime, movies. Uh, I wish I could do everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why I called you Jack of all trades. You are doing most of the things, so just a little more. And let us make sure like we, we can together work on this project of finding who is working on music videos, and hunt them down uh get their contacts and make things happen as fast as we can (laughs) (laughs) so that was really nice talking to you norman and um thank you so much for joining i really enjoyed the episode so anything you want to share yeah thank you i
1: had so much fun talking with you and thank you for giving me the time to let my fanboy come out. <laughs> Sometimes I don't have that much opportunity to do so because not surprisingly enough, not a lot of my friends listen to K-pop. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, it's... Um, but, my gosh, I'm so happy to kind of share all of the K-pop that all the K-pop groups that I love and Hold dearly to and yeah everyone please if you haven't gotten a, gotten a chance watch all the music videos that i just we talked about uh listen to n listen to txt listen to old groups my gosh they're classics like like fx shiny girls oh. generation big bang oh uh, those those are the groups that got me into k-pop and made me stay and groups today red velvet black pink eyes one they they made me stay even harder
0: (laughs) (laughs) so like we have norman as the unofficial promoter for all the k-pop groups (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of second generation you should also include team talk I love teen
1: Yes. Ah. Oh, teen Top. Oh my gosh. Oh, Teen Top with crazy oh crazy. That was the first Teen Top song that I listened to and watched. You kiss. Ah, oh, there's so many underrated groups. Beast, Highlight, so mm. many good songs. Infinite. Yes, Infinite. Oh my gosh. Wow, there's so many oh 2pm. Wow. 2 2am. 2 and blue oh my gosh so many there's so there's so many to list.
0: <laughs> anthea was not even here i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> wow there's such like you know like despite me talking about the all the improvisations the evolution of k-pop the second generation does have the charm and you know like somehow yeah. because i became a k-pop fan five years ago so it's like so small and I just got introduced with a third generation, uh, but still, when I look back, like Teen Top or Super Junior groups like that, was just like me revisiting them. Me just going because of the suggestions, but still, they have that capacity to, you know, like pull you. Mana doesn't have to be a new release to yeah. allure you. It is like it must have been eight or seven years old when I saw it, and It had that impact. And I still talk about Bona Yeah,
1: I honestly, like me getting into K-pop during the second generation, I am so impressed and so happy at how much K-pop has expanded globally. Um, And I would, I actually would never have expected this, like, like I, when I listened to K-pop, it was still a very niche market, you know. And the only way I could access to K-pop was through YouTube, and and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, exposure, marketing from uh, promotions to these K-pop groups that we have right now. And so, just watching and see how much K-pop has grown, and how many people could appreciate k-pop internationally like and appreciate this great music i'm just i am so happy
0: yeah and how we got connected because of k-pop people getting connected yes the world as well nice so norman finally would you like to give your social media accounts for our listeners to follow up this amazing individual
1: yeah, you could follow me on my Instagram, Mr. Normandy. Um, and just if you want to chat, DM me, whatnot. <laughs> we'll talk about anything anime, K pop. I love horror movies. <laughs> we could talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, and I hope I could see you around again too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Well, I reached Norman through his DMs. So he's super friendly. You can definitely reach him out. And for me, you can follow me at Ampia Isik for Instagram and Twitter. If you're going to mention about our conversation, this podcast, you can tag us at Believe in K-pop in Instagram and hashtag Believe in K-pop for Twitter. So make sure to mention us and uh, share your thoughts about this uh beautiful episode. Thank you so much again, Norman.
1: And yeah, thank you, uh, Anthea, for having me.
0: Yeah, so hope our listeners have a great week. This is a new week. Have a fun time. Uh Do your work safe. And don't ever forget to spread love and be loved. This is Anthea Isaac. Bye.